Hey there, passenger. Do me a favor and head over to Spotify right now and like and subscribe to Erase the Gray. That's an old band of mine and my buddy John from Erase the Gray. Well, we decided to release a new song. Well, kind of. It's our version of Nothing Compares to You, written by Prince and made famous by Sinead O'Connor. I'll play a little snippet for you, and then the show will go on. Thanks so much. Passengers, and welcome to the Midnight Train, America's second favorite podcast, where we bring the dark to light, where history never dies, and where listener discretion, well, it's always advised. We make fun of and joke about the creepy and unsolved mysteries of the world. Yeah, I threw that in early this time. Nice. Yep, yep, yep. All while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. Yes, we are a comedy podcast. And things can get pretty dark, and you know, some of the topics we discuss. So if you're not into that, you know, we kind of make jokes, but never to disparage anybody. You know, if you're not into it, listen, I understand. It's fine, you're sensitive. You know, go and grab your little coloring book and get in the corner and cry about it. I don't want to cry, but I kind of want to color. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm just kidding. Anyway, but no, seriously, if you're not into it, no, no hard feelings, whatever. Give it a chance. Hopefully you'll dig it. And if you are into it, like, so many of you beautiful, uh, beautiful <laughs> there goes my mouth starting early you beautiful people <laughs> out there uh thank you for being with us thank you for uh listening and uh yeah all that good stuff you know i am uh well you know i'm that guy the guy i'm the guy i'm your host the conductor of the cryptic jonathan sayer yeah and with me today back in the co-host chair it's the one it's the only logan randall sayer that was good like yeah. That. Yeah. hey guys and gals and Everybody else? Yeah. 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 See? So this episode, uh, you don't know anything about it. I know we're doing an episode. Hey. Are we? Wait, you don't know we are? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're here. We're here right now. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so uh, we'll go ahead and um, save the business stuff uh, for the end, except I will say that, uh, you know, when I talk about uh, the charity or whatever that we uh, we donate to, I'm actually changing it up, going back to a charity that we used to do. Um, used to do, used to, used to support. Yeah, there we'll we put go. it that way. Yeah, used to do. That's not it. <laughs> used to donate to. Donate to, <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, as you guys get to the end of that, or the end of the episode, uh, where the rest of the business stuff will be, uh, you will hear that, all right? So in fact, let's just save all that stuff. Sweet. You know what I mean? Yeah. No sense just beating around the bush. Oh, yeah. Right. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's turn down the lights, mm-hmm. adjust our seats, grab a drink, but hold on. Did you guys forget about Patreon? Oh. Ah, see what I did there? You guys are like, oh, he's ready for it. This week, uh, our Patreon is going to be part two of the Killer Truckers with a special guest that is also a trucker. Oh. And as I said, online on our socials, make sure you're following those. His name kind of rhymes with coleslaw. Kind of, yeah. But not really. No. <laughs> so anyway, get over there, patreon.com forward slash the Midnight Train Podcast, or go to uh, the Midnight Train Podcast.com. <laughs> Jeez, I'm all over the place today. My head hurts. I've had a headache. I, I, oh. I didn't have coffee this morning. Oh, no. And I'm going through, like, caffeine withdrawals, yeah, so I grabbed a, a one of those crappy Starbucks, like, uh, uh, glass ones. Yeah. 
And I'm just like, hey. yeah. anyway, so get over there, support the show, support a great cause that you'll hear about later. And uh, yeah, and get all those bonuses because they're fun. Do it. Okay. Now, hopefully you have your drink. Hopefully you've adjusted your seats. Hopefully the lights have been turned down low. Mm. Because today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to get, uh, I guess, supernatural. Oh. But maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you guys are gonna have to decide this is an amazing story i really didn't know anything about it and then i, I just i kind of dove into it and it's it's pretty wild yeah it's pretty wild yeah but in the meantime listen here's a toast to all you beautiful Train into ghostly territory. <laughs> Do you feel us moving towards right now? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but where's the service car? Oh, that's what helped me. Taking a nap. <laughs> Taking a nap, see? <laughs> All right, so we are, uh, well, we're talking about, and again, it's, 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 a, it's a strange little story. Ooh. And... It's supernatural at its core. Gotcha. But, yeah, well, well but we might as well just... Is it, though? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> at the end of this, you're going to be like, eh. But maybe. But maybe. Okay. Yeah. So, in 1888, an author named William Hubble released his book titled The Great Amherst Mystery. Oh, ho, ho. Mm-hmm. At a bargain, it was only 25 cents at the time. Wow, it's kind of expensive. Yeah, which, well, it's only around $7.50 today. Oh, okay, never mind. So it's not horrible. Not terrible. Yeah, it's a quarter. It's a quarter. Yeah. His uh, price-to-sell book tells his personal experience of what some claim to be one of history's most widely witnessed poltergeist phenomena. Oh, snap. Yeah, like, he legit was like, this happened. Okay. Right. So Hubble allegedly observed these events and the family in their home from June through August of 1879. So way back in the day, see? I don't way know. back in the day. I don't even know. Did they talk like maybe I don't I gotta figure out. Maybe they had more of like an old English talk. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they smelled like really bad cologne, is that what you're saying? <laughs> so Hubble believed he was an authority on the uh, quote elusive effects. Oh. You know, that stage performers like himself, yes, he was a an actor, oh. if you will, who oh. who could see through the bullshit. Fair enough. Yes. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yes. So that, so he basically um, claimed that this elusive effect is like people that, you know, to trick their audience to think that, you know, to make them believe that they were witnessing, you know, actual magic tricks and stuff like that. Gotcha. Which yeah. to me is what makes a, makes, makes a magician a magician. Right. Right? Yeah. If I can tell what you're doing, mm-hmm. you're doing it wrong. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I want to be like, what? How did he do that? Yeah, but back in the 1870s, they were probably, probably like, I don't know, look at his finger, it disappeared, you know? I, I don't know. Nah, I'd be that guy in the back of the, the crowd going, he's a witch! <laughs> witch burn her! <laughs> so with a background in professional acting, he claimed he could call out fake and trick antics used in the widely reported Amherst haunting and expose the afflicted family as a bunch of fraudsters. Okay, so he was like, I don't believe them. Posh, pish, posh, posh. It's boo shit. You can't bullshit a boo shit. Right. So he's like, I'm going to go and I'm going to call them out for the fraudsters that they are. Oh. Right? Okay. So now about his book that he wrote, The uh, the Great Amherst Mystery. And this is Amherst as in like not Amherst here. I, oh, I believe it's in, uh, in, in in Nova Scotia. Oh, Nova Scotia. Yes. Do you know where that is? That is northeast of Maine. Which is what territory? That is Canada, eh? That would that be the country? Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, honestly, I, I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where I'm it is. Pretty sure. I'm really I think bad. it's a little island that's like right above Maine, but it's like right next to Canada. It's like just a right there. A little, little. It's just a, yeah, a little. Yep. Yep. There it is. Perfect. Yep. So about his book, he has said, quote, truth, it has been said, 
is often stranger than fiction. What I have written is the truth and not fiction, and it is very strange. Indeed. Yes, yes. <laughs> so now to talk about the book, we have to talk about a young lady by the name of Esther Cox. Okay. Okay. And she was born on March 28th of 1860 and was the youngest of at least six children of Archibald Cox and Esther T. Esther T. Esther T. I'm assuming T was the first letter of a middle name, I think. Ah, I, I Esther don't. T. Yes, I, guess. I thought that was like the first Because her name, name is Esther as well, which is weird. Why yeah. would you, I, I don't know. I guess you do juniors with... Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Well, but they were farmers. So mom and dad were farmers, so obviously they spit out a bunch of kids because who's going to help the farm out? The kids. There you cows. Go. Well, yes, but <laughs> who's going to tend to the cows? Ah, yes, yes, yes. So on the afternoon of August 28th of 1878, a then almost 19-year-old Esther Cox went out driving with a bitch of a guy by the name of Bob McNeil. A who? Mm-hmm. Now, this is the 18, late 1870s. So, so when we say driving, I'm going to say that's a loose term because there was probably a horse-drawn horse drawn carriage. Gotcha. You they know. were on the driving range playing golf. Correct. Gotcha. No, no, they were, they, were, they were together. Gotcha. They were perusing. Oh. Yes. They yes. were, they were, what, they, they were just hanging out. Okay. <laughs> so Bob McNeil, right? So during their drive, mm-hmm. Bob Pulled the buggy over oh. and pointed a revolver at Esther. <laughs> I'm sorry, that took a different turn. Yep, commanding her to get out of the wagon. Okay. Okay. Obviously confused and worried about what Bob the bitch had in store for her, Esther was scared shitless and told him to bugger off. Oh. Right, so tough girl. She seems tough. You know, yeah. this guy's got a pistol on her and she's like, get off me. And that ain't cocks. Right. So this obviously just pissed off Bob, mm. and uh, luckily another wagon was actually approaching at the time, mm-hmm. and being the bitch that Bob was, he put away the revolver and drove Esther back home. Mm-hmm. Locals described Bob as a, a cruel uh, as a cruel guy and said he would skin cats alive and watch them run, a, run around in pain just, just for the hell of it, just to do it. Well, we know where this is going. Uh, no. No? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> nope. Not even a little bit. Okay. <laughs> So, you know, like a bitch, of course. Yes. Um, he was said to have uh, have left Amherst shortly after this whole thing happened. Oh, okay. Okay, so, you know, obviously, like a bitch, mm-hmm. you know. He fled. Right. So, what the premise, is, or not premise, but what everyone claims here is that, first of all, she was traumatized by this. Oh, for sure. Uh, this guy, she was talking to, boyfriend, dude, whatever it was, pulled out, pulled out a revolver and we believe the accounts believe that he was actually going to sexually assault her and so that's obviously pretty brutal Mm -hmm. you know what i mean something that i would never wish on anybody Mm -hmm. you know so so less than a month after bob's bitch move toward esther here strange things at the circle k were afoot okay weird shit started happening at the teed cottage in amherst nova scotia Uh right Bill and Ted weren't there, Damn. as far as I know, but I wasn't there. Yeah. And, but they did have a time machine that was a phone booth. Oh. So they may have. Definitely. Anyway, so Esther's upcoming ordeal with many different ghosts, it's its pretty crazy. You, you, you'll see, you'll kind of get where we're going with this. Still, it is worth mentioning here, before we get into all this, that the leading, the main spirit that she was in contact with mm-hmm. uh, was very similar to Bob the Bitch. Mm. And would also become known as Bob. Oh, yeah. Weird, right? Oh, Bob's your uncle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bob's your uncle. Um, but obviously, I'm jumping ahead here. I'm just kind of giving a little precursor to, as to it. And you'll, you'll find out, like, psychologically and stuff like that, okay? So the author and cynic, Walter Hubble, observed these strange events for three months, like we said earlier. Okay. Still, he could not debunk any of the shit he was seeing. Now, remember, he's the cynic. I've seen this before. This has to be bullshit. Right? Yes. I don't believe a thing you're doing right now. Why are you floating? Get down. Where are the strings? Stop it. Your head did not turn around 100%. Stop it. You know, why are you puking pea soup? You know, I'm not saying she's possessed, but anyway. So, for three months, and he couldn't demonk anything. And and everything that he was seeing, according to his book, Uh he literally saw. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. And uh, so Hubble theorized that the astral body of Bob McNeil, that's Bob the bitch, Mm -hmm. um, was the entity that was actually tormenting Esther on behalf of a demon called Bob Nickel. 
Uh ho ho. Even though Bob the bitch was still alive. So, I mean, so was he astrally projecting? So it wasn't. Okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's back that up real fast. So Hubble believed that Bob McNeil, the guy that did this to Esther, right, that he was astrally projecting Negative his emotion. spirit oh. on behalf of a demon named Bob Nickel. So they're in the cahoots together. Right. Yes. He was like, I can't get at her. I right. need you to do your thing, and then I'll come in and save the day. All right, cool. And then you can have my soul. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So Hubble believed that the uh, the monster or demon itself here, um, uh, it attached itself to Esther instead and was the most active spirit after the attack. Hmm. Yeah. Very logical. Mm-hmm. So the teenage Esther Cox lived in a little house with her sister Olive and Olive's husband, Daniel Teed, along with her two sons, Willie and George, who were just kids at the time. Esther's siblings, Jenny and John, and Daniel's brother, John, lived with them as well. Hmm. Okay, so two Johns, three sisters, and a husband. Logan says that sounds like something from Pornhub. <laughs> I don't know what that is, though, so I'm going to have to look into that later. Yeah, I'm going to have to. That's Brazzers. Yeah. Oh, Bra- Oh, sorry. Yeah. Again, I don't know. What, I, no. I'd have to research that. Very good guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For almost a year, Esther was tormented by all kinds of otherworldly beings, including a wide range of activities like objects disappearing mm. and reappearing in oh. other locations. Spontaneous fires. No. Well, talk about some of those okay disembodied voices oh no and unexplainable physical ailments oh yes so knocks bangings and rustlings in the night occurred often and esther began to suffer seizures where her body visibly swelled like literally she swelled up oh, wow. and had fevers and chills that's no good right then objects in the house would just kind of fly around as they do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the disembodied voices would say they were maggie fisher Oh. Okay. Um, her sister, Mary Fisher. Mm-hmm. Peter Cox, who was a relative of Esther's. Interesting. Jane Nickel. Oh. Remember we said earlier the Bob, Bob. Nickel, yeah. right? Eliza McNeil. Okay. Because Bob, Bob the Mc- bitch McNeil. Maybe. Right. Okay. And then Bob Nickel. Huh. Who was the original, you know, ghost that came in and kind of like, man, look at me, I'm Bob, see, who <laughs> who claimed to have been a shoemaker in in real life, huh? In his when he was alive, put it that way. Ah, okay, you guys got all that? Following along, awful lot of people in this house, and then an awful lot of ghosts. This is happening. A lot of shit going down. Okay, in one instance, Sister Jenny described Esther as appearing with her short quote. Her short hair almost standing on end. Her face blood red and her eyes looking as if they would start from their sockets. Start from her sockets? I guess like jump out of the sockets? Uh, Okay. Gotcha. While her hands were grasping the back of a chair so tightly that her fingernails sank into the soft wood. Oh. Yeah. Pretty scary. Pretty strong grip. Yeah, I'd be like, bruh. (laughs) What you doing? Whoa, dude. (laughs) So Esther's take on this scenario was that she was so swollen she felt like she would actually burst, and her skin had become incredibly hot to the touch, like like to herself and to others. Wow. Now, then there's a doctor that comes in, Dr. Uh, Karit. I, prob- I don't think it's Karit, because it's C-A-R-R-I-T-T-E. Karit? Yeah. Karite? Karit? Karite. 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 I guess. Well, he was called, obviously, to the cottage several days later to examine Esther's her symptoms that she's got going on here. Yeah. Obviously, they're like, okay, we, she's sick or something. What the hell's happening? Right. He diagnosed her with nervous excitement. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then he slapped her across the face, screamed, snap out of it, bitch, and then promptly left. Okay, actually, no, he didn't. He just prescribed her with a sedative. Okay, that's pretty much what he gave her. But, I don't know. It could have happened. We don't know. All I know is just envisioning that actually happening. It'd be pretty... That'd be wrong. That'd be wrong. You don't do that. (laughs) So Walter Hubble claims that Dr. Karit found some creepy shit when he was looking at Esther. Quote, he informed me that on one occasion he had given her one ounce of bromide of potassium, one pint of brandy, and heavy doses of morphia and laudanum on the same night without the slightest effect on her system. He stated on the same evening that all the medicine was neutralized by the ghosts. Interesting. 
I mean, that's a pretty good cocktail right there. Yeah, that'll I mean, knock you on your ass. <laughs> morphia, which is, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, morphine? Morphine, right, yeah. or a variation of it. Laudanum, yeah. which they used to give people to chop off their fucking arms. Yeah. You know, a pint of brandy. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> and then bromide of potassium. Yeah, that doesn't seem very... Uh, I don't know what that is, to be honest with you. I, what did bro mean in potassium? Yes, what is, what is that? It's... Something that makes it go night-night, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, we're stupid, folks. It doesn't matter. We'll find out. Okay, so during the doctor's visit, bedclothes began to move. Okay, like the, the sheets and and, and, and uh, blankets and, and things like that on the bed were starting to move. Scratching noises were heard. And get this, <clears throat> the words, quote, Esther Cox, you are mine to kill, appeared on the wall by the head of Esther's bed. Yikes. So now most of that you can probably kind of dismay, okay? You're hearing scratching noise. This is 1878, whatever, nine, whatever it is. Hey, maybe there's some aminals. Uh, maybe. Maybe there's a, a wind or a breeze that's making the bed clothes move. Maybe. But <laughs> Esther Cox, you were mine to kill, just happens to pop up on the freaking wall. Yeah, did anyone see this Bob Nickel actually leave Amherst? Bob McNeil. Yeah, that guy. Bob McNeil, Bob yeah. the bitch. Yeah, Bob the just bitch. Just Bob the bitch. It's easier that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Too many Bobs. Yeah. What's your name, Bob and Neil? Is that just what you do? Oh, so, no. That's, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to. Some Andrew D- Dice Clay there for you. <laughs> anyway, uh, so did you find out what that was? Yes, potassium bromide is a sedative and an anticonvulsant. Oh. It is also a salt. So, so sedatives, a pint of brandy, heavy doses of morphine, and laudanum. A lot of all downers. in the same night. Yes. They, and he said it didn't do shit to her. Next up was a slap. I mean, I don't know. How's he going to knock him out? Yep. Snap out of it, bitch. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So visitors to the cottage here, all right, including some clergymen. Of course, they're going to call some priests in, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. Heard banging and knocking and witnessed moving objects. Ooh. Often when Esther herself was under close observation. So she was there and they're hearing and seeing these things happen. Because remember, um, Hubble went out there basically saying that it, it, they, they were tricks. Right. So she's there. She's not making these things happen. Mm. Allegedly. Allegedly. Correct. Okay. Gotcha. So that December, Esther was diagnosed with diphtheria, and shockingly, all the spooky shit in the house just stopped. Oh. Yeah, kind of weird. Yeah. However, small fires appeared around the house when she came back home. She was in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, including one in the cellar. Okay. Esther and the rest of the family were accounted for when the fire started, which is odd. Then, after the fire in the basement, an apparition contacted Esther and insisted that if she didn't leave the house immediately, he would set the the, uh, the entire house on fire and kill everyone inside. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, the family agreed <laughs> that Esther gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, bitch. Just, you know, like now. And then found a place for her to stay at uh, a neighbor, John White, at his home. Gotcha. Okay. Now, not only is the Teed's cottage bustling with ghostly activity, the White's home starts experiencing paranormal phenomena, 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 sorry, (laughs) but they're having paranormal shit happen at at the White's home now. Yeah, makes sense. Then things started to repeat. First, the ghost began contacting Esther in the White home. Mm. Okay. Then more fires started. Afraid that his house would burn down in a blaze of ghostly glory, John White convinced Esther to go with him to the restaurant where he worked. He's like, listen, li- li- listen, um, can you and your ghost friends kind of come with me? Because I don't want my shit to burn down. Smart man. Can we do that? You yeah. know what I mean? Right. <sighs> but instead, um, you know, her buddy, the ghost here, followed her uh, to the diner. Mm, okay. So of course, the, of course. went with her and showed off what he could do to the numerous guests and strangers. Nice. So yes. he turned the grills on and the stoves and all that? It was more like uh, card tricks and that, that one thing you do with your finger and your thumb to make it disappear. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was kind of like that. You know, That's sweet. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, I'm speculating. But then, and what I can only imagine being a super weird encore to his little tricks, a knife was snatched out of uh, John um, John White, the guy here. Mm-hmm. You know, his, it's his place. Right. So his son was there, and he had a knife in his hand. And who knows what he's... It's a restaurant. Right. right. Probably cooking, whatever. Well, something grabbed that knife out of his hands and stabbed Esther twice in her back. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh. Weird. Kind of. Right. So after all this craziness, the blade was locked away and (laughs) they kind of were like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. So Esther moved several times after 
all that craziness, staying at the Teed home and then to neighbors' houses, but the troublesome ghost just followed her from one place to another. Mm. Then, Esther would be asked to get the hell out whenever shit began to spiral out of control with more fires, violence, or obviously weird parlor tricks. Look at me. Ah, what's that behind you? Yeah. <laughs> it's just that I've pulled out of my back. <laughs> <laughs> He's going for a quarter. <laughs> Stabs her instead. <laughs> Jesus. No, no, allegedly, neighbors, friends, and random people in town witnessed the strange events surrounding Esther, and which were widely reported in the local newspapers, too. Oh. Okay, so this is like a lot of people allegedly are saying that they've seen this, they've heard this, they've, you know what I mean? And so the news is actually reporting on it. Hmm. So the Amherst Gazette, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that that happening and, and it being reported is what um, Hubble saw and why he went out there. Gotcha. Okay, so the, the, yeah, because there was shit going on prior to him being there. Makes sense. He heard about it, and I'm assuming that's where it is. It, it didn't really tell me in all my research that I was looking for. So the Amherst Gazette even published a multiple account or multiple accounts on it, including that the loud sounds could be quote heard by people in the street as they pass the house. Ooh. So people are hearing this paranormal, ghostly activity happening, and it's loud. Interesting. Hmm. With Hubble's professional help, mm-hmm. yeah, professional, yeah, this is this is kind of fucked up. But with his help, because you know he is a professional actual. Ah, yes, yes. Esther Cox and uh, Hubble here. Uh, well, they embarked on a speaking tour. Nice, attracting audiences who paid to see her and hear her crazy story. However, she met with some hostile reactions, and after she was heckled one night and a fight broke out, they said fuck it and stopped the speaking engagements. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So now. Walter Hubble saw Esther for the last time in August of 1879. As he left Amherst with the great mystery unsolved, nobody nobody knows what the shit. They were like, oh my God, you know? Right. Later, he would write to Esther's family only to discover that Esther had been implicated in a barn fire that year. Oh. Mm-hmm. Due to her location concerning the barn and outbuildings being destroyed by the fire, she was arrested, convicted, and sentenced to jail for arson. Hmm. After serving only a month of her four-month sentence, she was released, and the poltergeist activity just seemed to just stop. Interesting. It was done. By 1882, she married twice and had two sons. After that, there was no further contact with her ghosts, with some speculation that maybe she had been cured by a Micmac shaman. A Micmac? Or Micmac. Mic. Mic? Micmac. Is that an M? (laughs) Are you saying Pam? (laughs) So, uh, and now Esther then moved to Brockton, Massachusetts with her second husband, and she passed away on November 8th of 1912 at 52 years of age. Wow. Okay. So now, before we go into a little bit more about Hubble here and whatnot, let's kind of, let's dissect this. Let's. Okay. Indubitably. And and you're going to hear some more going on with this, but the fire thing, that seems a bit bizarre. Obvious. How bizarre. Are you saying Bob Lazar? <laughs> Is that what you're saying, Bob Lazar? Are there aliens in this? No, what's <laughs> going on? But it, to me, it, like the, it just seems obvious, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So, and we'll talk more about it. So, Walter Hubble went to Amherst, of course, to debunk Esther's haunting as a hoax. His past experiences with people fraudulently claiming to contact the spirit world led him to believe it was all a bunch of hullabaloo. Yes. However, in the end, he claimed that he came to believe that ghosts were very real. Um, from what I saw and heard in the ha- quote, sorry, from what I saw and heard in the haunted house, I have been led to infer that the ghosts of the dead live in a world similar to ours, and that is to them just as material as our world is to us. Oh. So, despite his newfound belief in ghosts, mm, he remained critical of those claiming to be spiritual mediums stating that less than 5% had ever contacted or seen a ghost. Hmm. Hubble died in 1932. He was considered a brilliant corporation lawyer, uh, as well as a you know great actor that could sense bullshit a mile away. Oh, yes. And was remembered and is remembered as a founder and teacher of the, uh, the Hubble Bible class. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I mean, obviously this was you know, almost 200 fucking years ago. Well, 150 years ago, whatever it is. Yeah. So, yeah, they... they Past. They passed. Makes sense. Right. So, now, what do other people think about Hubble's book hmm. and the experiences that Esther had? I'm curious. Man, that's good, because I'm going to tell you. Very good. 
Hubble's book was published in 1879 and was popular, especially by the time, selling at least 55,000 copies. Wow. Not too shabby. Oh, especially a quarter a pop. Right. You know, he made himself a good whatever that is. Math. All right, moving on. (laughs) The Amherst case was also investigated by British paranormal researcher, oh boy, this name, Hereward. Hereward? H-E-R-E-W-A-R-D. Hereward. 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 Carrington. Okay. (laughs) Who took statements from surviving witnesses of the events in 1907 and published them along with a detailed account of the case in 1913. Other researchers looked at the matter more critically than Hubble. Mm, Yes. For example, uh, for example, (laughs) (laughs) example, (laughs) my mouth hates me. (laughs) You ever had that example happen? All the time. Yeah. I'm a really bad example for my children. (laughs) Anyway, for example, Dr. Walter F. Prince wrote in the Proceedings of the American Society for uh, Psychical Research, um, which is volume eight from 1919. They have a lot of volumes, apparently, calling the entire case bullshit and nothing but tricks by Esther Cox while in a disassociative state. Okay. So now. What is a disassociative state? When you are not in your right of mind. That's pretty good. Oh, thanks. Well, the Mayo Clinic describes (laughs) disassociative disorders as mental disorders that involve experiencing a disconnection and lack of continuity between thoughts, memories, surroundings, actions, and identity. That's a lot of big words. People with disassociative disorders escape reality in involuntary and unhealthy ways and cause problems with functioning in everyday life. Hmm. Disassociative disorders usually developed as a reaction to trauma Ah. and help keep difficult memories at bay. Symptoms ranging from amnesia to alternate identities depend partly on the type of disassociative disorder you have. Times of stress can temporarily worsen symptoms, making them more prominent. Thank you to the Mayo Clinic. Yes, MayoClinic.com, I do believe, is where that was at because I wanted to find a definition because I was like, that sounds familiar. Yes. Which uh, um, watched Glass this weekend. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yes. Pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Just the whole, you know, disassociative. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Is that the one with Sam Jackson? I mean, well, so the first one was, and here's that derail. Um, the first one was um, um, uh, Unbroken or Unbreakable. Yeah, that's the one with Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Sam Jackson. And then, yeah. And then the second one was Split. Ah, yes. And then the third one was like the culmination of all of it. So it's a, it's literally it's a comic book trilogy, but like set in real world shit. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's awesome. I loved it. I, I thought like, it was great. Like Unbreakable, whatever the hell the first one was. Yeah, Unbreakable. Yeah. I believe that's what it's called. I think so. Yeah, it's not Unbroken. No, cause I'm broken. We're not. Nope. Moving on. Uh, Prince noted that Esther's male friend. Okay, so this is the guy that was basically saying it's bullshit. Right. He noted that Esther's male friend, who had attempted to rape her. Correct. Okay. Yes. Was named. Bob McNeil, uh-huh. and the alleged poltergeist activities of Bob Nickel began just a week after his attempted bitch-ass assault. Correct. Egon Larson, Egon, amazing, that's amazing. A German science journalist and writer summarized the evidence examined by Dr. Prince and commented, and he said, "Oh, he's dubbing. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> he says, quote, all the evidence collected by Dr. Prince seems to indicate." that Esther was more than just unstable, that she was a psychopath suffering from symptoms of a split personality, that she herself, or rather part of her, played poltergeist. Furthermore, (laughs) that most so-called eyewitnesses, uh, their accounts were of little scientific value, and that there was only one beneficiary of the whole fraud, Walter Hubble. The most unreliable witness, naturally, is Hubble himself. (laughs) For what use would his book have been if it had not told of amazing occurrences? (laughs) There's no corroboration by others of the incidents he claims to have have observed, only his own sworn affidavit, reproduced on the cover of the 1988 edition, that he actually, quote, saw and heard the phenomenon as stated. So, yeah, he's saying, I mean, if you think about it, yeah, he's saying that no one else, no other witnesses ever said that they saw anything. Right. Okay. Right. But what about the newspapers and stuff? Yeah. You know? So, basically, they're saying that Hubble goes there and just creates the whole thing? 
just to sell books for 25 cents a pop and makes the newspaper articles question mark well <laughs> larson also wrote that hebel's first edition of his book claimed that his story had been fully corroborated by the residents of amherst and from strangers from distant towns <laughs> the first edition said that mm. However, there was no evidence for this because no statement was ever verified by any witness mentioned by name. Hubble quoted from uh, some newspapers, but upon investigation, these trace back to Hubble himself. Uh, huh. <laughs> He's a crook. Larson stated that Hubble had embellished facts to make his book sell more copies, and the book served as nothing more but to bolster his acting career. Hmm. Larson also quoted a letter from Arthur Davison, who admitted that Hubble, quote, painted the facts up to make the book sell. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the town of Amherst does celebrate a uh, this whole story each year with uh, Esterfest. No kidding. In October. Huh. Yeah. So that's, this is going to be a shorter episode, yeah. obviously. Um, we have the movies and stuff coming up, but oh, yes. it, it's such a crazy story. Yeah. That I'd never heard of before. Negative. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Esther Cox was a real person, right? And she may have been. She, she probably did have like some sort of disassociative disorder, yeah. maybe from the trauma. You know, whatever it was. I mean, the poor girl was almost raped by you know somebody with a pistol, right? You know, so maybe it messed her up, and she just started doing this whole thing. It's like if you go back and uh, listen to uh, what was it, the Exorcism of. Uh, was it Emily Rose that we did? No, that's that's fake. Isn't it? Was that the fake one or the real one? Yeah, it's one of the exercises. We did one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've done a, actually a couple of them. Anyway, if you go back, um, you know, people would say that you know that that disassociation, right, and uh, that mental disorder mm-hmm. makes them do things they wouldn't normally do, or see things they wouldn't normally do, or be able to move in ways that they normally don't move and stuff. So, right. it, it, is that possible, or did he go there, Hubble? go there with hearing this because remember this stuff was happening before he went right did he go there and just go i have an idea i'm gonna make this worse yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna roll with this Mm. i'm gonna say it's real Mm -hmm. and then get everybody into it then make a book and i'm gonna be huge i'm gonna be famous it's gonna be awesome see that theory really holds a whole lot of weight especially because he was dragging her to the streets to have a speaking fest yeah took her on like a tour engagements yes which I'm sure they were charging for, right? Of course. I, I, in fact, I believe I said that in there, but yeah, mm-hmm. he was charging for it. So, so did this guy? All right. So let's put it this way. And earlier, I'm asking questions to all of you guys, but mainly you because you know you're right here. Hi. But um, does this? Is he a piece of shit? So after <laughs> further investigation, he, like is he? I am. Uh, I was originally thinking that uh, Mr. Bob the bitch was living in the walls and was tormenting unfortunate Esther. Oh, that'd be a twist, wouldn't it? And was setting little fires here and there. And the final fire that, uh, where everything's kind of disappeared was Esther murdering said, uh, Bob the bitch in a house area where he may or may not have been sneaking about. That almost sounds like a better story than the one I just told. (laughs) (laughs) But no, but, but, but is, is Hubble an asshole for this? A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Now, or do you think, is this something that may have possibly been a, uh, something that both Esther and he came up with? A good possibility. I mean, why else would she follow him in the streets to communicate about that though? Like, I kind of feel like she did have a weird like PTSD kind of like coping with what possibly happened with Bob the bitch in the carriage or whatever. Right. And then once the story got out, he saw it and was like, hmm, maybe I can take advantage of this or maybe I'm just going to go there and try and write a book and investigate. And then they were both in a room talking and she was like, I want to make money. And he was like, I want to make money. Or do you think he just completely took advantage of a girl with a mental disorder? Yeah, see, I didn't want to go that route, but that's probably what happened. I mean... That's more than likely what it happened. It sounds... So what I think happened is is that she started all the fires. I believe... I mean, she literally went to jail for setting... Or for arson, for setting a fire, right. you know? And, you know, she was only in there for a little while, but still, she, she obviously has a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Now, is this something that was... You know, we're talking the late 1800s. I don't, I mean, nobody gave a shit about mental disorders. Nope. Like what they call it earlier that she had? Dysmorphia. Um, no, no, what? Dysmorphia? No. 
something along no the anxiety one it's oh. basically it's anxiety yeah. uh, what they call excitability or some yeah. shit like that excitability apprehension some shit or other I, 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 oh, hold on I gotta find it real fast only because it's 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 gonna anyway so yeah whatever that is the excitability or whatever it is back mm-hmm. in the day they would take women and they didn't know about um, um, the time of the month or if or they knew about the time of the month but they didn't know about like hormones and stuff like right. that they just noticed that people are act. she's acting t- totally crazy or mental illness that's when they would go and like they would there would be doctors that believed that orgasms would cure it. <laughs> so they would perform procedures. Yes. Quote, in quote. Hanger, hanger. Yes. You know what I mean? And they thought that's how they would. <laughs> that's how they solved a the lot of their headaches. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Headaches were a big one. Like you're talking back then when that kind of, uh, I guess, med- medical, medical uh, knowledge. I guess knowledge, but techniques ah, yes. were being used. You know, they didn't—they weren't sitting there and going, "Okay, no, she actually has some sort of a, a mental defect, whatever it may be." Right? You know what I mean? And so, I mean, it, was she lighting the fires because of that, yeah. or was she just a little shithead that decided to just fuck with everyone? Or now, hear me out. Oh boy, she was trying to kill Bob the bitch, <laughs> the guy in the walls. Yes. The guy hiding in the walls saying, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. So she got him first. I mean, because she was no stranger, man. When he pulled the gun on her, she was like slapping that little boy around kind of thing. You know what I mean? Okay. That also brings me to another valid point, too. Yeah. And and, and, and I love your 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 story there. I Thanks. think it's, I think it's perfect. <laughs> Seriously. I kind of want to write a movie about that. Any, <laughs> um, but that also leads me to how traumatized was she if she basically told the dude to like fuck off? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not, and I'm not negating what happened because I can only imagine how seriously that horrendous that would be. Yeah. Or how invested she was possibly in him kind of thing. You know what I mean? That's uh, that's yeah. another true. She may have been madly in love with the guy and then all of a sudden he did. But if, if but if he was madly in love, she was madly in love with him, why, he wouldn't need a gun. You know? True that. Maybe he didn't think she was in love with him. I mean, maybe, maybe she was. I mean, the fucking dickhead skin cats for a fucking living so yeah i mean yeah. i don't i don't think it was like a super serious relationship yeah maybe not but i'm just saying as far as like her ability to be like nah dude yeah and then it didn't happen right so yeah he pulled a gun on her and something was going to happen but it did get stopped and then right. he but then he drove her home right <laughs> that was a really awkward right you know what i mean like he, hour he took her home <laughs> was like you know what I was just kidding. <laughs> I just wanted to show you my new gun. Yeah, this, you know, I, it's, 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 a, it's a squirt gun. <laughs> Look at the squirts. <laughs> you know, you know, you see what yeah. I'm saying though. Like, in so, is it possible that maybe she was just kind of a? I mean, she was 19. Yeah, I'm saying she probably had some sort of a. Uh, she had some mental. Yeah, that's probably more illness. The likely. Yeah. So I mean, that's 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 that. I mean, but I do somehow wish. That Bob the bitch was in the walls. You're welcome. I do kind of wish that happened. In fact, if you're listening to this right now, mm-hmm. I wonder if they hear any. Passenger, do you hear scratching behind you? Could that? Could that be Bob the bitch? And now, boys and girls, it's your favorite part of the show. The movie review. Which top fit movie will make the cut today? All right, it's the movies. It's, of course, it's your favorite part. You know it is because I, we always want to know what movies on these lists have you seen. Yeah. And today's not going to be a review one. We're going kind of back and uh, we'll go back and forth. Yeah. If some things are fun, we'll do that. But it, this is going to be a top 10, but it's top 10 creepy movies where people are hiding in the walls. Okay, <laughs> kind, of, kind of weird. So anyway, uh, yeah, I want to know uh, what what movies you guys have seen and which ones. I mean, obviously, which ones you've seen. I I'm gonna say you've seen two on this list. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So the first three. one, three. All right. Did, you looked at the list, didn't you? No. Oh. Uh, number ten is from 2016. This is Within. Mm. A young family moves into a new home, only to discover that someone is hiding in the walls. As they try to uncover the truth, they begin to unravel dark secrets about the previous owners of the home. This movie freshens up this trope by blending it with a mystery thriller storyline. 
The movie's plot is full of twists and turns, and the director does an excellent job of building suspense and tension throughout. Overall, Within is a solid horror movie that will keep you guessing until the very end. That's a really good synapse. Yeah. Like doesn't that. sound bad. Um, watch, um, watch Brightburn. Yeah. Fucked up. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I. Uh, yeah, if you guys haven't seen Brightburn, um, yeah, it's it's not what I thought it was. It's actually basically like if uh, if Superman as a little boy, you know, or came to Earth as a baby but was evil mm. and as a boy did a bunch of evil shit. Gotcha. Yeah, it's pretty fucked. Yeah, pretty fucked. Anyway, number nine on the list. Love this movie. One of my all-time favorite movies from 2014. It's Housebound. Ooh. I watched this one day just... I was kind of, you know, doing the Netflix roulette. Yep. You know, just seeing, well, let's see what's on here or whatever. But this was like years ago. And the, the description popped up. I was like, eh, I guess I'll give it a shot. So Housebound is a creepy film about people hiding in the walls that combines horror and comedy to create a unique and engaging experience. The story follows a young woman who is under house arrest and suspects her family's home is haunted. The protagonist's character development, humor, and creepy moments contribute to the film's success. It is a well-crafted and entertaining horror comedy that is worth a watch for fans of the genre. <laughs> and just to give you guys a heads up on this, because I don't think it's said it in this, it's actually a uh, it's a British movie. Yes. It's a British um, black comedy. Black comedy, dark yeah. comedy, whatever. Dark comedy, yeah. It's amazing. Yes. It's so good. I didn't think I was going to like it, and man, it ended up being one of my favorites. Yeah, I think I ended up quoting that movie for like the next six months yeah. straight. And it, they took it off Netflix, too. Yeah, so. of course. Well, they take all the good movies off Netflix. It's so aggravating. Apparently, that's why you got to get a VPN. Because uh, if you get a VPN, you can set where you're at in every place in the world that has Netflix, I guess. Yeah. It has different movies. Oh, yeah. They have different region codes and shit like yeah, that. But, yeah, but pretty much any movie you're looking for, you can find it if you just search for it. Yes. I had no idea about that whole thing. Just be careful with your VPNs because soon they might be outlawed. You did not hear that from us, folks. Okay, no, I don't know no. what VPN stands for. V- v- veranda Parsnip. Nutmeg. (laughs) (laughs) It's a recipe. Yeah, there you go. We're talking about recipes, yeah. From all around the world. Yeah. Uh, This next one is from 2016. This is number eight on our list. This is The Boy. Love this movie. You have seen this? Oh, yes. I have not. It's actually really good. Yeah. The film follows a young American woman who takes a job as a nanny in a remote English village. When she arrives, she is shocked to discover that the child she is supposed to uh, to care for is actually a life-sized doll that the parents treat as if we're real. What the? It's a fucked up movie. Yeah. You gotta watch it. As the story unfolds, strange occurrences begin to happen, leading to a shocking revelation about the true nature of the boy and his family. Obviously, he was their kid. Uh, yes, and obviously <laughs> he's living in the walls, so it kind of already ruined it <laughs> yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. What makes this film particularly unsettling, particularly, particularly unsettling, is the way it uses the setting of an old, creaky English mansion to create an atmosphere of dread and tension. The use of sound, lighting, and camera angles all work together to create a sense of unease and uncertainty that builds throughout the movie. As the main character delves deeper into the family's secrets, the tension becomes almost unbearable, leading to a chilling conclusion that will leave viewers on the edge of their seats. Yeah, they did leave the the end of the movie uh, very cliffhangy, hangery. But is it cliffhanging, like hanger, hangery, hangerly, hanger like? Yes, I like that. Hanger like yes, um, to the point where you're like, man, fuck this movie. No, it's cliffhanger like, as in like, okay, I know what's gonna happen in the second movie. He's gonna come back, kind of thing. It's very the. I don't want to call him the antagonist because he's not, but the more or less villain of the story is very Mike Myers like. Michael Myers, like not like fucking awesome powers. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> but very, Watch me shag you. <laughs> very you Michael Myers. You don't want it, do you? <laughs> I'm a villain now, baby. <laughs> do I make you round, baby? I'm gonna kill you anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I haven't seen that one, but uh, that that bright burn, the end of that, kind of pissed me off. Yeah, yeah. Very it's just cliffhanger like. Yeah, it's just you know they do that. Now. They gotta stop doing it so much. Like you know, give give us a. It's a Netflix movie. They're probably gonna come out with another one. Like tied up. It's actually a Bloomhouse too. Oh really? Yeah, dude. Bloomhouse is just fantastic. Yeah, just well, for the most part. Yeah. Number seven on our list is 1987's Flowers in the Attic. Does not ring a bell. I do believe that we read this book while we were in shul. Oh, in shul. Correct. I do oh. believe. This classic horror movie tells the story of four siblings who are locked in an attic by their abusive mother and grandmother. Oh, that's not dumb. As they try to escape, they discover someone hiding in the walls. 
This movie offers a disturbing look at the effects of abuse and neglect on children, along with a claustrophobic atmosphere that will make you feel trapped. I'm out. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yep. I don't want to. I don't want to see kids getting abused because obviously, Mm-mm. you know, got a little bit of baggage on that one. Yeah, no, no. and uh, definitely not the. I'm I'm good on the claustrophobia, but I think we. I want to see. We read this. Maybe maybe I didn't. I don't know. I'm old. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a couple other books that are similar. Yeah. 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 Like Anne Frank. Well, I mean, claustrophobia and the attic. A little, little different. That one, that was those fucking Nazis. Yes. <laughs> those fucking bastards. Those guys, Those yes. fucking assholes. I love how no matter what episode <laughs> of what we're talking about, those turds get brought up somehow. Yeah. And not in a good way either. Like, we obviously want to make fun of them. They're just hilarious how it always kind of circles around. It's so a like, circle. It's, me. it's a circle, not a square. Uh, anyway, so uh, number six is uh, 1986 Crawl Space. Crawl Space is a horror movie that tells the story of a man who poses as a landlord to rent out rooms in his house, only to use the space to conduct grotesque experiments on his tenants. Oh, that's a very hostile. Yeah. It's very uh, H.H. Holmes. Jesus. Oh, yeah, that too. As the story progresses, a young woman discovers that someone is hiding in the walls and must fight for survival. With a unique, unique take on the people hiding in the walls trope, this movie offers suspense and terror as the story unfolds. The director skillfully creates a uh, claustrophobic atmosphere that will make you feel trapped. Damn it. What's with the... I don't like it. Nope. I get it. They're in the walls, but come on, man. <laughs> I don't like the whole claustrophobia. Like, what was that fucking movie? Um, uh, the Ryan Reynolds one where he was in a, a coffin and they buried him. Oh, God. It was like... It was the, called Buried, I think. It, uh, it, it, maybe. What the fuck? It was, it's what he was trapped in is, I think, what it was called. Not the fucking not the, not the case. It was uh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Anyway, you know what movie? Yes, that about? movie fucked me up. Yeah, dude, I was seriously like watching it, like having anxiety watching that thing. Yeah, don't no. don't like it. Uh, this next one, number five, is 2012's The House at the End of the Street. Oh, you were right. It was buried. Is it buried? Yes. Up. Oh. So smart. <laughs> not because it was Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <You know. laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to say? <laughs> So, uh, let's see. In the house at the end of the street, a teenage girl moves to a new town and befriends a boy living in the house next door. As she learns about uh, more about his family's tragic past, she discovers that someone is hiding in the walls of their home. This movie offers an interesting take on the people hiding in the walls trope by blending it with a mystery thr- thriller storyline. I feel like every one that they've talked about is like the same explanation. Yeah, pretty much. Copy and paste. Okay, Elizabeth Shue's in it, so that's kind of cool. It, it's Shue. <laughs> no, it's Scoo. <laughs> Her last name is Scoo. Um, so this uh, website, where it's Wealth of Geeks, and yes. normally we do like IMDb or something where it shows ratings and stuff like that. And, uh, and maybe we'll do one of those real fast at the end of this, maybe like top five on IMDb. Real let's fast. do it. Uh, let's see. Number four is 2021, Malignant. Uh, I think I uh, have seen parts of this on a trailer. Okay. Like a trailer was driving by and you saw yes, it? Yes, yeah, like One of those like animated ones with the screen on it. Oh, yeah, that's, that's neat. Yeah, Malignant is a supernatural horror movie that tells the story of a woman who is haunted by terrifying visions of a mysterious figure hiding in the walls of her home. Yeah, fuck no. As she investigates, she uncovers a shocking secret that threatens to consume her. This movie features intense gore. Oh. A unique twist. Okay. And creepy visuals that would leave you feeling disturbed. So I kind of want to watch this. <laughs> I feel like Disturbed's gonna be having a few different. Maybe uh, that's who's in the walls. <laughs> All you hear is <laughs> at night. Yeah, and she's it's, like, ah! It's the sound of silence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just a opera in the background. Yeah, just in the background <laughs> the entire time. The sound of silence. <laughs> <laughs> um, number three on our list is 2019. I do want to watch that though. That malignant. That sounds yeah. really cool. Uh, number three is I See You from 2019. That sounds familiar, too. Uh, yeah, it's got the, the, the what's her name? Uh, Hunt. Last name Hunt. She was in uh, Twister. Emily Hunt. No. Michelle Hunt. Nope. <laughs> You're going to keep trying? <laughs> <laughs> You'll get it. Uh, what the heck is Helen her Hunt. Yeah, Helen that's Hunt. the chick. Yes, yes. yes. That's, I said that. This psychological thriller follows a detective investigating a series of disappearances in a small town. As he delves deeper into the case, he realizes that someone is hiding in the walls of the victim's homes. Mm-hmm. This movie offers a fresh take on the people hiding in the walls trope by blending it with a sense, uh, with a tense and unpredictable storyline. Hmm. Anyways, I like Twister. One of, my, <laughs> one of my favorites. It is a good one. It's a, it one, is a good one. It's yeah. a one of my favorites. Um, uh, let's see. Ah, here we go. Uh-oh. 
great movie. 1991, I went to the theater in Clendon in West Virginia to see this with my cousins uh, during a summer va- uh, vacation while I was in uh, school. A really big theater. Well, it's 1991. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, 1991, uh, The People Under the Stairs. Uh, no. You've never seen this, have no. you? Oh, oh, my God. Uh, Clive Barker, I believe, wrote this. Really? I, look that up real quick while I get the... The, the people in the stairs? People under oh, the, the stairs. Yeah. Under the stairs. It's, it's super messed up, dude. Super messed up. So Wes Craven. Wes Craven. Ah, yeah. I'm so sorry, folks. Hold on. I know. It's okay. It's I know. Can't get them all right. There's a remake. Uh, when? Uh, when they remade it? Jordan Peele is producing People Under the Stairs remake for Universal. Eh, it might be okay. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, probably not. Nope. Even though the uh, the the main uh, protagonist in it is mm-hmm. actually a, a a young fellow of color, so maybe they'll actually use that yeah. the correct way, like in it. You yeah, know what hopefully. I mean? Yeah. So um, hopefully, yeah. I don't know. I, I actually don't think he's bad at it. Like I really liked. Oh, uh, there's a few. Like I love his stand up. His stand up's hilarious with Keegan Michael Key. Yeah. Like the Key and Peele shows or whatever. I love. Amazing. What? Wait. Was it? Was it? Who did Nope? That was him, right? I believe so. He did that, and then he did the other one, uh, uh, Let Me Out or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, I don't remember what I thought was. Nope was awesome. Yeah. I really thought it was cool, because I was just like, what? I, the, again, the end kind of sucked, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Number two, People Under the Stairs from 1991. In the People Under the Stairs, a young boy discovers that his landlords are hiding a group of kidnapped children in the walls of their home. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. The movie features an eerie atmosphere, well-executed jump scares, and a twisted plot that will leave you on the edge of your seat. You forgot to talk about the trope of people hiding in the walls. It has a new twist on the <laughs> blended use yeah. of the trope. You didn't let me finish. No, <laughs> but it's it's awesome. It's it's totally messed up. And basically, if you guys haven't seen it, it's from 1991. I can kind of give some spoilers or at least some more description to it. So this guy and his kid break into a house mm-hmm. and a... I believe their husband and wife are into some real kinky stuff. Oh. Like crazy, crazy kinky. And I'm not kink shaming, but they are hiding kids in their walls and shit. That's a little yeah. bit too far. I think, I think that's how I know about the them. And I know the kids there. I don't know if the kids, it has to be. Yeah. I think that, dude, it's just crazy. You got to okay. watch one of these days. We'll sit down and watch that. Yeah. Maybe we'll sure. do like a, a review of that one. Yeah. And maybe we'll do it for our movie show idea we are talking about. Wink, wink. Wink, wink, honk, honk. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, 2022's Barbarian. Oh, uh, 2022? Correct. We saw the trailer for this when we were looking at the, uh, whatchamacallits, with uh, Megan and all that shit on there. Aye. This is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, Let's see. Barbarian is a newly released horror movie about a young couple moving into a new home. They discover a mysterious hole in the wall leading to a hidden room. And things quickly turn dark. Probably because there's no lights in there. Probably. Barbarian offers a fresh take on the people hiding in the walls trope (laughs) with its unique story and disturbing imagery. (laughs) He was waiting for it. He just copied and pasted every single one of these. The film subverts expectations at every turn and was one of my favorite films of the year. Oh. All right. Okay. Definitely going to have to check that out. Sounds fun. So those are those. I, I do want to see at least a couple on here. And this is a shorter episode. Imdb. So in the actual episode. So we're going to talk about some more movies. Let's do it. I like yeah. movies. I do too. Um, I like them a lot. You like them a lot. I like them a lot. Uh, I like them a lot. <laughs> uh, let's see if there's anything different on here. Uh, okay, okay. Well, there's only five. Sweet. <laughs> Uh, number five is Black Christmas from 2006. Oh, yeah. Weren't we just talking about this? Yeah, we, uh, Charlie wants to watch that. Yeah. And uh, on Christmas Eve, an escaped maniac returns to his childhood home, which is now a sorority house, and begins to murder the sorority sisters one by one. Sounds like a lot of boobs. This movie has a new twist on, <laughs> <laughs> on the uh, people hiding in the walls trope. Um, let's see. 4.6 stars. Gross $16.2 million, though. It's not too bad. There's probably a lot of boobs in it. Oh, boy. Yeah, no, it's 2000s. Yeah, yeah, probably. It's a rarity house. So The Boy is on here. We talked about that one. Yeah. That's the one you said you saw. Yeah. Uh, number three on this list is uh, da, 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 The Pact from 2012. I think I've seen that. As a woman struggles to come to grips with her past in the wake of her mother's death and the disappearance of her sister, an unsettling presence emerges in her childhood home. 5.7 stars. Yeah, I've seen that. It's what not memorable, but yeah. Uh, within, was that on that last one? No. It wasn't? Yes, yes it was. 
a widower moves into a seemingly perfect new home with his daughter and new wife. That's all it says. <laughs> and yeah. And then number one is Housebound again. Yeah, Housebound was Dude, really, I'm telling you, it's really good. freaking great. You guys have got to watch it. If you haven't seen it, find it somewhere. Watch it. It's fantastic. It's great. It's kind of witty. And it's not as horrific as you might think for those who aren't as comfortable with the horror genre. Yeah, yeah, it's not like super scary no, or anything not. like that. I mean, it's got some. It's, it's, got, it's a thriller more yeah. than a horror movie. It's got some little jumpy things to it and stuff but like it's that. So good, but it's fantastic. So it's absolutely fantastic. You end up actually at first you kind of don't like the chick, mm-hmm. but it, by the end you're like, all right, all yeah. right, she's she's just she's just misunderstood. Yeah, kind of like Esther Cox. Maybe. Yes, maybe, 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 possibly. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the m- movies. That's yep. right. You like that? Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, thanks. So, uh, yeah, let us know what you guys think. Which ones you've seen? Which ones do you want to see now that we've talked about it? And I tell you what, let, let's pick a movie. Let's do it. Let's, uh, let's, everyone needs to watch People Under the Stairs. Yes. And then we are going to talk about it on the socials. Yes. And maybe have some bourbon. Mm. Or perhaps something else. Another, oh. another concoction. Yes, we do. Yes, perhaps some gin. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I do like gin. It's really good. Anyway, so, yeah. That is the movies. Let us know what you guys think and uh, do us a favor. Stop on over to the official website, themidnighttrainpodcast.com. Leave us a review. Check things out. Tell us, hey, man, that was a stupid episode. Or, hey, man, why is Logan watching Pornhub? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Brazzers, my bad. Anyway, get over there. Let us know. Like, say hi, whatever. Subscribe on there. And while you're there, you can stop by our store and pick up some uh, super sweet sweet. merchandise. And, uh, you know, you can find all kinds of cool things like the Duke of Fingerbum shirt. Uh, Don't be the salvo. We got the jersey-wielding raccoon. And we've got hats, cases. Uh, We've got a robot that eats crap. Like, yes, it's it's all pretty cool. Really, good stuff. Everyone's like, "Why do you have these things?" Because we're amazing. Thank you. And it's always a manic Monday is probably my favorite. Fucking yes, the mannequin Monday. Yes, I do love that shirt. I love it because it's never a fucking mannequin. (laughs) No, it's never a mannequin. Well, if you like what you've heard from us, consider being a show producer by heading to www.themidnighttrainpodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon button or go to patreon.com forward slash the Midnight Train Podcast. It's an adult show, so therefore you actually have to search it. Yeah, mm. yeah I'm sorry. No, you can't search it. I'm sorry. You actually have to have the URL. Oh. Yeah, because, you know, we say things like farts <laughs> and poop and porn up. and porn up, yes so for as little as five bucks a month you can get all kinds of cool stuff like what well, you there's different tiers so you can get you know custom shirts custom posters stickers all the bonuses in there but at the five dollar level man you're seriously getting all the bonuses no matter what yeah you know listen if you don't do it that means it's less movies i get to watch mate that's, that's, that's what it comes down to and yeah. i cannot be an uneducated movie file cinephile no, a movie file. So you're filing movies now? Exactly. Ah. Locking them away in my brain. <laughs> so anyway, listen, if you like what you hear, get on over there. Help us produce this some bitch. And uh, yeah, sign up for Patreon. You know what I mean? Just do it. Because it's uh, kind of cool. But listen, most importantly, even if, if you can't do that or if you're just like, eh, whatever, just share the show with people. Let people know, hey, these guys are, you know, they're quasi-entertaining. Quasi-entertaining. Yes, yes. Pseudo. Pseudo. Pseudo, if you will. Oh. Yes, they are pseudo-intellectuals. I think so. That means not very smart. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, let everyone know because word of mouth is how we will get more passengers on this beautiful train and continue to bring you weekly episodes, bi-weekly episodes, whatever the case may be. Sorry, folks. It's been a little crazy around here. Just saying. You guys have no idea. Literally, you have no idea what the hell I've been dealing with in the past week. Dude, it's almost like Independence Day. He's been fighting aliens. He's dealing with crazy people. Well, I am. De- that's a constant. <laughs> yes. I don't know about the aliens, but definitely that. So now listen, when you do sign up for Patreon, um, you're also going to be giving to a good cause. Oh, what cause? Well, we believe in focusing on mental health and we talk about it all the time. And for those of us with issues to be able to find the right help. So we're back to supporting a fantastic organization, the National Alliance on Mental Health. Nice. Or mental illness, excuse me. That's NAMI, N-A-M-I. Now, they work to educate, support, advocate, listen, and lead 
to improving the uh, the lives of people with mental illness and their loved ones. Awesome. We'll donate 20% of our merchandise sales and Patreon subscriptions to this extraordinary institution each month. To support the show, get all the bonuses, and help a great cause become a first-class passenger over there at Patreon. And for more information, to get help or to donate personally, go to N-A-M-I, that's NAMI.org. Nice. Yeah, I'm happy to be uh, doing that again. Oh, for sure. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, on the tube of the youth. Oh, yes. And also, if you listen on Spotify, make sure to rate us because you can do that there and over at Apple Podcasts. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, you might be able to do it everywhere, like Google. Oh, yes. I believe. Oh, yes. Um, Amazon. Yes. I do believe. I definitely believe. There's there's so many. There's so many, like, Pretty sure we're on IMDb. <laughs> we're on uh, what? So I'm pretty sure on IMDb. That'd be amazing. So now listen, we cannot thank you guys enough for all your love and your support. You guys really are quite amazing, and we want to thank you for being with us and going on this ride. But none more than those beautiful, sexy, so intelligent, just cream of the crop passengers. You first class passengers. You what some would even call poopers. <laughs> and I would like to say a big thank you <laughs> to Chris Connors, Amanda C., Micah Perdue, Dale Wells, George DeJesus, Megan McTerry, Amanda Denz, Chris Lucas, Joseph Aramo, Nathan Diekman, Caitlin McKinney, Maggie Brothers, Miles Campbell, Brian Gunsman, Pumpkin Escobar, Mac Darty, Janet Sherrill, Chad Frent. Friend- <laughs> In my head, I'm thinking, wow, I'm doing this pretty good. <laughs> And that's what happens. I get in my own head, dude, every time. Oh, every man. time I get in my own head and I fuck it up. Sorry, Chad. You know I know your last name. It's Flint. Oh, yes. Yes. He's, he's our buddy. Yes. Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Christina Skelton from the Sister Skelton podcast because somebody's not a Patreon anymore. It's so sad. Damn it, Jessica. Damn. Anyway, to Maria Gibbs, to a Chainsaw. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Courtney Bachelor, Katie Brabenick, and of course, our boy, uh, Mr. Well, he just celebrated a birthday recently, so happy birthday to you, my my good friend. That would be Mr. William Birch. Oh, good for you, and happy birthday, you beautiful son of a bitch. Yeah, that's good. That's good, yeah. So listen, if you want your name to be mentioned on the show, and for us to probably screw it up every time, or at least me, screw it up every time, but mostly for us to be forever grateful, get all those bonuses, help out with a great cause. Mental illness is a huge, huge... Um, uh, it's in it's in my heart really hard because I've dealt with it forever, a lot of family members and whatnot, and I think we need, as a country, we need to focus on it more. And I think right. as, as people, we need to focus on it more. So anyway, yes, just do that. Please. And we'll we'll love you forever. Yes. Yes. You know, maybe a little little tug. A little bit, you know. <laughs> maybe we'll come one of these days and just tuck you into bed at night. Oh, a little kiss yes. on the cheek. A little, well, you know. A little warm glass of milk. Mm, maybe. A bedtime story. A cookie. Oh yes, Ooh, warm, warm cookies. Warm cookies. Mm, cho- chocolate chip. Instead of uh, a story, we'll just put an episode of the podcast on for. Oh, oh, we'll do it right there in your room. Exactly. Um, you're not going to sleep anyway. <laughs> stay safe out there, passengers. And as always, a choo choo, motherfucker. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. And don't, I repeat, don't watch movies with the same stupid trope. I'm in your. Ha, 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 ha.